you guys uh do you guys think the uh that buffalo horn guy is gonna show up again i think he's going to jail <laughs> yeah oh, that guy's got to be going to jail if oh, he, yeah he's going he's got to make it to the inauguration though <laughs> <laughs> they roll him up in a cage just to watch it <laughs> and dance yeah yeah they're poking him with a stick dance donkey dance boy yeah it's like yeah. that jester <laughs> yeah you dance for the biden now boy that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Biden's just going to keep him in a cage like a monkey for his entire term. It seems like a fair, that seems like a fair penalty. That's, that's, just, that's justice for that guy. Is to be, you know, a, a symbol-banging monkey for Joe Biden for the next four years. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know if I'd be against that. Yeah. Exactly. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Everyone is Cancelled, Episode 3, Fact-Checking and Virtue Signaling. Today we have a great episode uh, at hand here. I have my brother John with me, John Morgan, Capitan. There he is, and uh, Andrew Sanders, back once again, my friend. Hey, what's going on? Uh, We are at the cusp of a new presidency, and there are many questions as to how things will unfold here in the USA in the next four years, I'm sure we're all asking, uh, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, and it's going to be a great show. Uh, Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States, and Kamala Harris as his vice president. Uh, 25,000 National Guard members have been deployed to the Capitol for Joe Biden's inauguration. Uh, That is a lot of protection for an election that was not rigged. No, in, in all serious, yeah. in all seriousness, um, it's interesting because uh, that's twice the size of the deployment in Afghanistan and Iraq combined, as far as troop levels right. go. So that's interesting. Uh, it's just an interesting thing. Why? Um, but before we get into that, uh, we got to cover the cancellation of the week, and this cancellation is not a single person. <laughs> It is millions of people. Yeah. <laughs> millions of people got canceled this week. Uh, uh, Parlor, the number everyone one. Everyone is canceled. Everyone is canceled. I love it. Uh, it's becoming more and more true as we go on. But uh, Parlor, the number one downloaded free app on iTunes, pissed a lot of people up at the top of the chain off. Uh, so Parlor is just a social media app. Uh, iTunes, the app store for Android. And Amazon deleted them. So Amazon ran their servers. And basically, the Google Play Store, Apple, uh, and Amazon have deleted them from the earth. Yeah, gone. They're just gone. This went to no court. It didn't go through any judicial system. iTunes statement is, we have always supported diverse points of view being represented on the App Store. But there is no place on our platform for threats of violence and illegal activity. Uh, Parler has not taken adequate measures to address the pro- proliferation of these threats to people's safety. It's funny because Parler <laughs> doesn't have groups like Facebook does. So I don't know right. where they're getting this cult idea from. Uh, Amazon right. is suspending Parler from its web hosting services, and they've been down for about a week. What, yeah. do you, what do you guys think about just basically canceling millions of people and an entire app? That's the number one downloaded app uh, at the snap of a finger. Parler was in its infant stages of being, you know, a social media platform. And there were a lot of issues with Parler, um, 
you know, you know, just picking it apart. Um, it had, it had real, uh, um, just, uh, identifying people who they are. I forget what they call that. Uh, you know, Twitter puts a little check mark next to you. Like if you're the real, the real oh, you, yeah. you know, if you're the yeah, real verified. Andrew Sanders, yeah, verified. There we go. Right. Uh, Parler was, did a, a terrible job at verifying people. And, um, they also didn't do a very good job of, uh, of really getting rid of counterfeit, uh, accounts, which I think, I think is, is warranted. Hmm. Um, there, you know, accounts that are, are set up to be either satire accounts and identify them that way or, or fan accounts that I, identify themselves as that way. Um, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all because they're, you know, they're not trying to mislead anybody, but parlor was chock full of people pretending to be other people. And, and it was something that they really were, they were starting to work on it. Um, but it was just a big turn off for me uh going and then and looking for information and and not actually being sure if the person I was you know reading what they thought if it was actually the person that I wanted to know what they were thinking hmm. now parlor's less than 2 years old uh correct it's still like yeah. you said in its infant uh, uh stages yeah, it's infancy okay yeah um but to to just go ahead and say that you know parlor is the root of all online evil is like (laughs) it's really disingenuous because it doesn't take into account all of the evil rhetoric on every other media channel out there from every point of view right from every point of view you know it it the, the freedom of speech is not an issue of the platform it's an issue of the individual and as long as you're not calling to violence, then you're allowed to say whatever you want. Um, and I, I, I back up, um, you know, the, the right for uh, left-wing activists, you know, to say what they want as much as I back up right-wing activists to say what they want um, as much as I would hope that they would back up me when I want to say what I want to say. I think that's a really important uh, point you make there. I I totally support free speech. I think free speech is very uh, important in contribution to uh, a discussion rather than a, than a debate because a discussion is uh, the search for the truth, whereas a debate is a search for who is right. And that involves right. ego, and you've already lost at that point. So I think discussions uh, do require a certain amount of free speech. And if you abuse that, then <clears throat> sure. You know, if it's if it's if you're breaking a law, uh, ban that account, but don't ban the millions of accounts that uh, right. are following the rules and just trying to have an honest discussion. Yeah, I think uh, actually Bill Mayer made a really good point when talking about what happened on Capitol Hill. He said you and you know and unification. He said you can't you can't blame seventy four million people for what five thousand people did. And right. I don't like I don't like Bill Mayer to be honest. I, nothing of what he says, you know, really, really sounds good to me. But he's right. Uh, he's absolutely right. And he and it's just as fair to say that um, you can't hold, uh, you know, the left leftist party accountable for what Antifa and violent BLM activists have done. I would agree um, with that too. The 
The issue therein arises in the argument over whether or not to deplatform Parler is that um, while n nobody on the left really stood up and denounced what happened uh, during the summer, v most of the Republican Party stood up and said what happened on on that Wednesday, the sixth, was unacceptable, and they denounced it, including President Trump, I believe himself. The media multiple chose not times. to cover that, but multiple times he seemed to come out and say, "Hey guys, this is I never called for this." Uh, and this is never the way to accomplish a goal. It must be done through law and order. And say what you will about the guy, but, I mean, at least he immediately denounced it. He didn't propagate that. Um, which segues us into the uh, the next topic. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Andrew, what do you think about Parler, the, the cancellation of Parler, along with millions of accounts? I think it's uh, it's pretty bizarre, man. Like... I uh, I made a parlor account. I didn't actually like really look through the app or dive too deep into it. Mm. A lot of my I have a fairly mixed group of friends on Facebook and I noticed that a lot of my Republican friends were pushing to move towards parlor just because they're the the main thing is the censorship, right? They they're getting tired of the the Facebook censor, censorship and all Interesting. that stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I made an account, um, and just reading on Facebook, I noticed a lot of them were uh, were having the same issues John was saying. There's like, it's just like an infant infancy app. It's it's in its infancy. I mean, like John was saying. So I, I know there were some issues with it. Um, I didn't hear like specifics, um, but yeah, the verification thing and whatnot would I, like that's an issue, but. Does that merit deletion of <laughs> or cancellation of all these accounts? Like, uh, I think that's a step too far for sure. And the, it, it's an interesting point because the, it, unlike uh, the government, which I don't think the government should have control over social media, but um, at least the government has a judicial process. There was no judicial council meeting or process to this. They just, um, no. when you get iTunes and Google play, or let's just say Google and you get Amazon working together, they can basically accomplish. I mean, these companies are going to space already. Literally. Well, that, it's a very good point. They because, can accomplish you know, anything. At, yeah. At the end of the day, who decides what gets to be on the internet? It's not the U S government. It's not the government. Um, it, it absolutely shouldn't be the government, uh, right? That's next thing you know, it would be like China. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when another government takes control of of those companies, um, not pointing fingers here yet, but it does leave another government the opportunity. Like, uh, where does where does Apple get their phones made again? I'm trying to remember. Hmm. Uh, Moving on hmm. <laughs> to our next subject. Uh, so the big thing is that Trump incited these riots, and they're talking about um, impeachment because of that. Now, I searched his tweets, and I could not find anything that says uh, he wanted these people to get violent. In fact, it was on the contrary. Right. He said, peaceful protests, fight for your right for a clean vote, but not in a way that is against law and order. He said, respect right. the police. Um, so that's that. I'm not a huge fan of the guy. I, I like any politician that does the right thing, okay, left or right, I think you should do the right thing. You know, follow your moral compass. I just think a lot of these politicians are out of touch with the people. 
now, the Capitol riot happened, and that was... I don't agree with that. That's not the right way to do yeah. things. I highly condemn that. Um, what I find interesting is uh, the massive amount of virtue signaling going on right now uh, over this Capitol right. riot. All of a sudden... Uh, these people pretend to care about cops and say rioting is bad. <laughs> when how many people were murdered? How many cops and innocent citizens and children were murdered during the riots that right. happened all summer long? Buildings on fire, millions of dollars in damage. Um, now, I couldn't find a tweet. You guys, I employ every single listener to look up Trump's Twitter feed or whatever you can find to try to find anything that shows he insistent that he is inciting violence. I couldn't find it. Maybe you can. If you can, yeah. please let us know. I could be That's wrong. That's why they haven't, they haven't given an example of it because it doesn't really exist. They just use the word um, fight, uh, but they're taking it out of context. They use ad hominem attacks, which means to attack one's character rather than the subject of discussion where you can present evidence. I hear fascist and racist without evidence. Um, I right. love evidence. So we're going to use evidence here on this show. The past year or two, uh, the left has had some response to the riots going on this summer, and I'm going to I'm going to read in their words what some of these people said. Uh, let's go over this. If you got some quick fire reactions for me, Andrew John, feel free to jump in. But I'm going to be shooting them off pretty quick. I got six or seven here, so we'll start off with Chris Cuomo, CNN's Chris Cuomo. <laughs> wondered why people expect protests. Now, this was in response to the riots where people were lighting buildings on fire and killing cops and innocent citizens. Uh, Chris Cuomo's response to this, uh, he asked the question, why people expect protests to be polite and peaceful? He also said, please show me, and this is his words, please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Because I can uh, show you that outraged citizens are what made the country what she is and led to any major milestone. To be honest, this is not a tranquil time. That doesn't sound like calling for peace. Uh, no. Ayanna Presley <laughs> is an American politician who has served as the U.S. representative for Massachusetts' 7th Congressional District since 2019. In response to the riots, Ayanna stated there needs to be unrest in the streets. Needs to be unrest in the streets. Kamala Harris, the vice president-elect, stated in response to the riots, there needs to be unrest in the streets. She didn't say she wants there to be. She says there needs to be. The vice president-elect, the leader of our country. Right. Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker and Congresswoman, has said, I don't know where it was. I don't know why there aren't uprisings all over this country. Maybe there will be. 2018. Maxine Moore Waters is an American pol politician serving as the U.S. representative for California's 43rd congressional district since 1991. Plenty of experience. In her words, let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... She's referring to the Trump cabinet in a department store at a gasoline station. You get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them that they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. 
Listen, listen, people, this is not about left or right views. This is about hypocrisy. When you cannot face facts and you just virtue signal over a mostly peaceful protest on Capitol Hill, which it was. Mostly peaceful. It was mostly peaceful in the media's words. Uh, And you ignore the summer-long riots that left many dead, which is what I care about, innocent people dying. I don't care who does it. It's wrong. Uh, Normal conversations that create the change that we all can agree on. And I think that the left and the right generally wants to happen. I think think most people want to see peace. I really believe that, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican and you're just a grassroots person. Um, But listen, people, if if we can't face the facts, if we can't, uh, think for ourselves and have a conversation and we just shut people up and cancel them. I mean, how can a conversation be had? I mean, well, that's, I think that's kind of the point, right? The point of all this is to remove the ability to have a conversation because the language that they have switched to on both sides, I'm not, this is not a, this is not, this is a bipartisan failure in the, in the top of our government. Hmm. They have removed the language of conversation and only use a language of um, debate. When you guys hear Kamala Harris, vice president-elect, say that there needs to be unrest in the streets while people are being murdered, um, what is your impression? How do you respond to that verbally? How do you, <laughs> what do you even make of that as a typical American citizen who doesn't have the power to question her? Who's just a normal right. citizen who's trying to survive? How do you respond to that? I mean, uh, I go to Aldi and I buy a lot of food and put it in my pantry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stock up on the old toilet paper. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah, take out stock in uh, you know Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> right. Now Pretty these good. quotes, I think, maybe. I think these are a lot closer to inciting riots that were far more damaging than Capitol Hill than what Trump said. Yeah. Yeah, remember yeah. like a couple years back when uh, Kathy Griffin was holding up the decapitated head of Trump? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's a bizarre how, how, how quickly people seemingly forget <laughs> all these things that have been said and done. Uh, right. It's probably just, it's all about what's being covered, though. She did that. She held up a decat. She held up like a doll. Yeah. Do you remember sock. that? Do you Are remember you that? Oh, I don't remember that. Goodness. Oh, dude, it was big. It was, you just have to search. It, you could search Griffith, and it'll be the first image that yeah. comes up, even on Google. It's just celebrated. They're like, she was a powerful, powerful, powerful. What a powerful statement! Woman. <laughs> She's my hero. What a statement, dude! It made Trump's uh, kid cry. You remember that? He, he so thought it brave. was true. He thought that uh, something had actually gone down because he saw it on the news, and he hadn't seen his. He hadn't seen Trump that day, so it made that's uh, messed up. Man. It freaked Barron out. Yeah, it is messed up. It's really messed up. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I didn't know that. What did Madonna do? Just... You mentioned Madonna, John. Uh, yeah, she uh, said she... that. Uh, yeah, she basically said, "Blow up the White House." <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. There's tons. There's so many quotes. Oh yeah, um, so many of them. Yeah. Matthew Gates made a good point in in his uh, his speech in the certification, and he said one of the things. Actually, the whole thing was really good. Um, but one of the things he said was that what what really made him the silver lining in all this was that uh, the left wasn't calling for a defund of the police anymore. Um. And I, not it, 
that hit me for two reasons. One, uh, because it shows just how clearly um, the left will flip-flop um, on issues. And two, it's like, uh, yeah, the police actually are important. They are an important institution because Imagine if we are that. a country of law and order, then we need people who can represent law and order. Hmm. Understanding that, you know, yeah, understanding that, you know, they're people too and that, um, you know, I'm not against reform at all. I think reform is a good thing when there's a cause oh, totally. to do so. I think the police need right. far more training. They need more money. They need to learn how to wrestle a guy down rather than to take lethal force because they don't know how to defend themselves because the department can't afford to train them in jujitsu. Right. Um, they need more training, I, and I am on board with that. Uh, let, let's figure out more non-lethal ways to, you know, detain somebody and get them the mental health um, help, I guess you would say, for lack of better words, that they need. Um, I right. don't. I, cops make mistakes. Doctors make mistakes. At the end of the day, they are people. Um, but yeah. if you look on the statistics on, you know, the FBI's website, whatever your opinion is, are, is of them, um, it shows that their mistake margin is far lower than that of a doctor even, in some cases, uh, allegedly. And a doctor has 10 years of education, okay? I mean, when you compare the amount of people dying by accident in a, in a hospital to, uh, compared to uh, law enforcement, now those are the numbers I think we should be paying attention to. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah, we're very independent here. Sometimes we have different leanings, but we are after the truth. So don't take us for any kind of we're just laying it out. Um, we're not yeah. sitting here calling people a racist or a fascist. We're bringing you the evidence to make up your own mind. And we implore you to fire back at us with uh, um, whatever questions you may have. Uh, yeah. we've, it's interesting. Now, if we want to talk about Capitol Hill riot that lasted for a few hours, let's talk about the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, known as CHAZ. CHAZ. Hmm. <laughs> the Capitol Hill <laughs> Occupied Protest, or the Capitol Hill Organized Protest, CHOP, was, a, uh, was an occupation protest and self-declared autonomous zone in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Uh, now, it's a different area, but it's a Capitol Hill. It's close enough. Uh, there were calls made to police inside of CHAZ. This was a place that was literally occupied by Antifa. Cops could not go in there. Right. There were armed citizens uh, occupying this yeah. place. I thought, you know, one of the things I thought was hilarious was that the first thing that Chaz did when they, you know, set this place up was create was borders. Up, they created borders <laughs> and put up walls. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> these are the same people that were decrying what Trump was trying to accomplish on the southern border. And they it's created like, their own police. There were videos of like their yeah. so-called police just beating people with sticks. <laughs> this is on video. This guy was just beating random people uh, with sticks. He didn't even care who they were. It was just he was beating them like cattle. Okay. <laughs> this was not a trained police officer. Uh, now, where this gets dark is that immediately after Chaz was established and police could not enter, um, there were calls of alleged robbery and rape and even murder mm. that the police could not respond to. Immediately, there was an uptick of robbery, rape, and murder. Yeah. Nobody made, nobody cried boo about this. This was an actual occupation of, uh, of our land. 
This wasn't some right. riot. And nobody said boo. It, it's just the double standards that kind of make me laugh. You know, you can't take somebody seriously when they're calling you a Nazi without evidence. Not us, but, you know, people in general, when these same people yeah, yeah. didn't have anything to say about rape and murder. Right. Yeah, right. Or when you, you know, just tag 75 million people as uh, as white supremacists. Mm. Thank you, AOC. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that if you goes have evidence a long for that, way to unity. Yeah, if you have evidence for that, that's one thing. There would be a serious right. problem if that was the truth. But they're not presenting right. evidence. And uh, no. so, I, I don't know. Did you hear about that at all, Andrew, the whole Chaz situation? I didn't hear anything about that, man. What? <laughs> It shows how much the media covered it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. It was a huge story. Yeah, there's video huge. of it. It's not like we're making this up. Anybody could look it up, even though they've done their best to hide it. This was an actual occupation of, what was it, like six blocks? Wow. And, I mean, I don't get the, yeah, I don't get as much time to, to keep up on all, all the news with my job and everything right yeah, now. Yeah, you're a busy guy for sure. But, but yeah, no, I didn't hear anything about it though. That was like, a and that that was a long that was a long time ago too though. That was yeah, June eighth, two thousand twenty. Yeah, by yeah, George Floyd protesters. Yes. So, anyways, right. I think I think it is a time for unity. As cliche as that may sound, uh, I think the right needs just as much work as the left. I mean. If they're, yes. you know, they they really do. I think both sides need to get out of the deep pockets of uh, corruption in general, and uh, you know, learn to get with the people. Uh, not listen to the loudest person on Twitter, but listen to the majority right. of people uh, who are li- living honest lives, just trying to survive. Um, yeah, and the way I view most of social media is, you take all of the things that you read and you put it in a like in a you know in a colander of sorts, and you shake it until the truth kind of falls out in pieces and you, you put it together for yourself. I mean, it to understand what's going on in the country and in the world takes a fair amount of critical thinking. And, uh, and one of the things I, the other things I didn't like about parlor when it started was, it was a real echo chamber. And, uh, uh, but that's not to say that it can't grow. And it was growing. There, there was a lot of liberal influence, um, joining parlor at that time. So I there was, okay. Was kind of sad. Now, you, you have more experience with Parler than I do, uh, John. What do you think? I know they're trying to reboot it. It's basically from scratch. But what do yeah. you see a future for Parler? Do you see a future? What do you both see, in fact, for the freedom yeah. of speech, the future of it, what it means to have a conversation with people? Uh, a lot of it is going to be complete uh, self-sustainability. I mean, so what Parler is going to have to do is generate its own servers. Um, even then, they're going to have their own um, um, ISP, um, which will, you know, I mean, the, the problem is, is, is that without, without clear delineation on the freedom of use of Internet, um, even if they have their own servers, they can be throttled by their ISP, their Internet service provider. Uh, so... How do I think this moves forward? Um, well, one, the removal of of wokeism. Um, two, the uh, the right has to s- just stop being the right. Just stop being the right. 
<laughs> without getting into the weeds too deep, you know. Um, <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's true. Right. I mean, they, they, the right has kind of put itself on, on, a, on a pedestal. Like they've never done anything wrong, uh, which is the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, if you just look at the history of the po- – and that's one of the things – I think one of the big solutions moving forward will be term limits uh, across the board. We need to remove career politicians completely. Hmm. We need to get back to uh, the citizen politician, the, the people who have built a life outside of politics but still have a heart for it and they hmm. want to get involved. And they can. And they'll you know do – you know, four years in Congress or six years in the Senate, and then be done and let somebody else uh, run for the run for office. Um, people who are there, the, you know, the longer they time they spend there, the more the more strings get attached to them. Um, the more skeletons end up in their closet. Uh, power, like 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 oil in a in machinery just attracts dirt uh and you you can't you have to keep it clean and the only way to do that is to have a revolving door of brand new people which i think the population of 330 million we can come up with some really solid solidly grounded people on both sides every six and four years hmm I think that's an interesting idea. Uh, an interesting proposal is the definition of what a, pr- a public servant is. Uh, a servant is someone who is not concerned about the money they make. Now, it, yeah, I think an interesting idea would be if you want to become a public servant, and this is just an idea, uh, you are limited to a government income, not only during your term, but for the rest of your life, you are not allowed to accept payment from any company ever. So you have to decide. If public service is important to you, you're going to sacrifice the ability to become possibly a millionaire. I mean, you look at some of the greats of our time. Gandhi was by no means an extremely rich man, Mother Teresa. Uh, and those are the type of people who I believe might be more attracted to those positions if they're like, okay, I'm a public servant. I'm going to make a hundred grand for the rest of my life. That is more than enough for an honest life. No pharmaceutical companies. Uh, and I think that would draw people who are naturally less inclined to be greedy. Public servants by definition. Because what's a cop make? A cop puts their life on the line, which is which is worth a whole lot more than $55,000 a year, plus a retirement that's less than that, possibly. Um, so I think if a cop could put their life on the line for really bad pay, or anybody uh, in public service, fire, fi- firemen, uh, a politician could do it for double the pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, an idea. you know, you know, who decides, you know, how much they should make, and uh, <clears throat> it's a very long, drawn-out conversation. But I think it's a, a valuable conversation to uh, to have. And know, not only how much they make, but not being able to accept money from a pharmaceutical company. Right. Right. Well, if they're only, you know, if they're if they're only there, I mean, if you have people who. Um, you know, I've been successful in life because you're going to need to be in order to do this. Who um, have been successful, then uh, and they're going to be open to some uh, 
some background checking is too. And not this to say that that doesn't right. happen now, but, um, but I think that, you know, a, a person of public interest, you know, is way, it's way more easier to track what they're doing than someone, you know, who's been working inside the government and knows how to, all the ins and outs and LLCs and foundations and everything where they can hide, you know, all their, you know, dealings and money and, and the whole thing, our government is super corrupt and, some of it is some of it I can look away from, but when you do that, all it does is enable the people to continue doing it, and it's just just grown out of control. Correct, and you no longer need lobbyists to fund a campaign any longer. We have Instagram, we have Facebook. If you glow as a person, uh, people are going to find you. You can advertise yourself for twenty bucks. You can reach thousands of people a month yeah. through advertisement on Instagram. Everyone has the ability to campaign themselves. So people who naturally attract the people are generally the type of people who grow on Instagram because it's people following them, uh, not Nancy Pelosi or any of these politicians saying I want them to have a million followers. It's a different ball game. Uh, the time right. of lobbyists is closing, especially with coronavirus and taking media, uh, meetings over the phone. We're not meeting on Capitol Hill as much. Um, but, Andrew, I have a question for you. Now, you're here in California, and you're a pretty mm-hmm. popular guy. People like you. Uh, and you like oh, your shit. I, I like Andrew. <laughs> yeah, he's a likable guy. I mean, what's not to like about him? And you have a lot of friends, as I understand, on the left and the right. You just know a lot of people. Um, what do you see being a social bridge? Here in California, because it's like the front lines of a lot of this, but in general, too, what do you see being a bridge between these people who seem to be so polarized from each other right now, maybe more than ever? What do you see being that meeting uh, of those grounds? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, there's definitely... We, we all know there's a lot of division, <laughs> and that's what stands out, it seems. But, uh, I mean, I feel like there are there is common ground. Is that what you're talking about? Like, what kind yeah, of common ground there is? That's between? what I was looking for. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. What's, what's the um, common ground that we're looking for as a society right now, in your opinion? Man, I think, like, universal acts of of kindness and things like that are, are what keep people, uh, (laughs) you know, if you, if you just concentrate on, on politics, political opinions, uh, you know, your stances on this or that, it's, it's just gonna freaking, it's like you don't talk politics at the dinner table kind of thing or religion or politics. I like that. Um, Yeah. Uh, I feel like when we get away from some of these things, some of these conversations that are, everybody has has an opinion on and whatever but if you get away from those i feel like uh uh you can find common ground in in a lot of other subjects and talking about what you guys are saying term limits and things like that i i feel like most people would be completely for that like like um yeah i've i've definitely heard people on both sides of the uh spectrum there talking about term limits and things like that. Um, something, a, a question that's also come up that I'm kind of interested in is uh, how would we get to that point? Because I feel like we might have issues <laughs> with politicians that are in right now. We we would basically be having to get them to vote, vote themselves out 
kind of thing. Wow, you that's an I mean? interesting point. I didn't, so I've heard yeah. people bring that up, and it's like our politician. Like, do we even have a say in this? Like, mm. if if they don't want to get out, I feel like they could pull a lot of strings to just stay in and make sure a vote like that never happens. That's uh, a really good point, man. So I feel like there's a lot of common ground in that. Like, I I feel like a lot of people are perfectly accepting uh, accepting of term limits and things like that um but I, I also feel like there's a lot of politicians that that don't want that conversation to even hit the table how do oh, we yeah, reach that wall yeah how they make their living you know right so yeah. now know, you've man. lived in you've lived in peru if you don't mind me saying for two years um yeah you've seen a lot uh you've been to machu picchu you've been to very poor areas uh you've been to very wealthy areas um, you've traveled the country for work as well. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you've been to some prestigious colleges. You, you're an educated guy. Uh, you come across, you work with people for your job. Uh, Andrew's a respiratory therapist an accomplished one, I would say in the front lines ICU. Uh, you meet a lot of people, you get a feel for a lot of personalities, man. Who are, what are some common traits you see in the people who are just happy? Not to get too far off topic, but I think people who are happy are not the type of people to storm Capitol Hill and put a buffalo buffalo <laughs> hat on. You know, what are commonalities like in hat. people that I look pretty happy? <laughs> you look pretty happy, crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but happy, you know, pe- somebody who's content in life uh, is not somebody who rushes towards an argument. In fact, there's somebody like yourself who has a lot of friends uh, from all walks of life. What are some commonalities that you see there? Uh, with the patients you deal with and and the people you meet in college and in Peru even um what do you think is is you know some of the virtues we should try to strive to get back to as a country in that sense man there's uh there's probably a lot of i mean there's definitely a lot of psychology that uh that goes into that um we need to get a psychologist on here to talk about it, dude. <laughs> but uh, I feel like you're, you're the psychologist now. You're right. Something I ain't no psychologist. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, some of my coworkers, the people I know that that do stand out as like very happy, because there's people like that. You know, they're around. They're they're always happy. Um, what is it that makes them, you know, so happy and whatnot? Um, I'm. I could. I have a few theories. I guess I feel like they don't. Like I was kind of saying earlier, they don't concentrate on everything that's going to crap in the world or what the the media is putting out all day. I feel like I don't. I don't hear them talking too much about uh, about that kind of stuff. But as far as like what uh, what we need to for the whole nation to get there, we need to somehow cancel the media, dude. <laughs> hmm. uh, I don't know. Or at least learn how to take a huge step back, you know? Yeah. I feel like they shouldn't have uh, such an influence on on everybody. Yeah, you know, the media can be like a poisonous gas. It seems like uh, I heard a great um, theory on this recently on another podcast I was listening to that it's like some things could be like a poisonous gas. You know, it seems like a great weapon. So, for instance, right now the media is very supportive of the left. Um now, I support a lot of the left, I support a lot of the right, but when the pendulum stays on one side, it becomes a poisonous gas. Now, it seems like a great weapon uh, to use against somebody until the wind changes, and the wind will change, and it blows back on you. 
then you don't like the media so much. Um, and that's what censorship, the argument was censorship is a poisonous gas. And the media uh, and big tech is really propagating this. Um, what is the, how do you, how do you defeat a conglomerate, a monopoly of companies working together like Apple uh, and Google and uh, Amazon working together to silence an entire half of a country's point of view? Um, mm. What, how do you uh, legally combat that so that you don't defeat them, but you just reach a level, level of unity that makes everyone happy? I think, uh, I think it's like 47 states have filed um, monopoly lawsuits against um, Amazon and Google, um, the terms of which I, I'm not unclear on. I haven't actually taken the time to, to read the lawsuits themselves, but, but um, it is being combated, and I think we're going to see a real change in the way uh, – published information on the internet is uh is used and treated and respected right on and on that same flip of the coin um that i was talking with andrew about john what do you what do you think are some virtues that we should try to reach as a country whether it's hollywood trying to make uh movies again that almost resemble this as is as cheesy as it sounds like what do you think are some things we should try to strive to achieve as a society um I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think that a, a return, you know, an acknowledgement of where we came from, you know, like, how did we even, how do we even enjoy the rights that we have? And do we understand exactly where those rate, rights come from? Like, what makes America so special? Because if you look at America in the terms of the rest of the world, we're like, we're not really first in anything. And yet, America is still the greatest country in the world. And you need to be able to answer that question. You know, why is America the greatest country in the world, the greatest nation in the world, when it falls so short on in so many different areas and institutions? Um, I mean, I, I have the answer, and, and I, will, I will give it to you if you like and subscribe. But <laughs> <laughs> like it right now. That's right. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I I appreciate it, and that's all this is. We're just some good, but you know, we're some friends that are here to chat and talk about what we think. Because all day I hear these podcasters who are they're stars, they're famous, they're people who live a different life than us. Right here, politicians or Chris Cuomo speaking, but it's not often I hear uh, grassroots people who are living here on Ground Zero talk to each other, mm. and I think my opinion of how to move forward is exactly what's happening right here. Yeah. Getting down and having discussions with each other on how we can become better as a people being a, being yeah. humble enough to say, I may be wrong in the way I'm thinking about this. Um, maybe I don't have all the answers and I'll talk to my friends and if they check me on something, maybe I'll be humble enough to, to listen instead of speak before I think. Um, yeah. Or even well, just I- celebrating, you know, that you, that you're breathing or that you have your health or that you can go on that fishing trip uh, with your friends. Um, right. Celebrating the little things like Andrew says, I think there's huge value in that. Uh, to a certain extent, I think we do need to get away from politics, not talking about politics at the dinner table, uh, you know, laughing at a fart mm. joke again. Where'd that go? <laughs> you know it was mean? episode three, right? 
episode three. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up tonight. Do you guys have anything to add before we uh, get going here? I don't think so. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I think, I think I'm good. interested to see what happens on uh, on Wednesday. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I have some real reservations about uh, things that are being put in place. There's a very unusual um, steps being taken in uh, in this year's inauguration. So uh, I will patiently a- await to be unsurprised or. Uh, Having a very eventless day uh, this week. Do you guys? Uh, do you guys think the uh, that buffalo horn guy is going to show up again? I think he's going to jail. <laughs> yeah, oh, that guy's got to be going to jail. Oh, yeah, he's going. He's got to make it to the inauguration, though. <laughs> they roll him up in a cage just to watch it <laughs> and dance. Yeah, yeah. They're poking him with a stick. Dance, donkey, dance, boy. Yeah. It's like yeah. a jester. Yeah, you dance for the Biden now, boy. That's right. Oh, man. Biden's just going to keep him in a cage like a monkey for his entire term. It seems like a fair that seems like a fair penalty. That's, that's just that's justice for that guy. Is to be, you know, a, a symbol banging monkey for Joe Biden for the next 4 years. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know if I'd be against that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. America needs to learn how to laugh again. Oh, man. We do. You know? It's like, you need to be able to laugh at yourself. You no, can't no, laugh no. At that's yourself, offensive. But... Don't don't go there, man. Yeah, cancel. Hashtag cancel comedy. Cancel <laughs> yeah, right. everything funny. Which I is going to watching... be our... That was almost our topic this week, but I had to wait because there was more pressing matters. But next week, we're, we're going to be covering the whole cancel comedy thing. Can't say a joke yeah. anymore. Beep boop. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, yeah. watching this because uh, this, uh, I have I, been trying to get back to that. So I've been looking up uh, stand-up comedy artists, and and I found this uh, this this gal. She's a, a little person. And mm-hmm. I don't – because it's true, too. She called us out on it. She said, we don't – we don't really understand um, the correct way to approach these these this people group. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I, I don't. I mean, the whole thing was absolutely hilarious, and uh, she was very inappropriate, which made it even funnier. And uh, and it, I just at the end of it, I was like, you know, I was really funny, and I, I really appreciated uh, the laughter that I had, and uh, and I, I think it's very important, especially now and for the next uh next few years that we really learn how to laugh with each other regardless of what we believe yeah y'all are too uptight out there right now need to take take a chill pill uh let's give her a shout out what was her name do you remember uh i don't remember her name wonder if we can find her online i'd like to give her a shout out we're talking about her um there's one named Tanya Lee Davis. I'm trying to just look around Google. <laughs> um, Little person stand-up comedian. <laughs> do, do I have a history? If I have a history, then I can probably find it. But <clears throat> there must be a history. Kind of an older, something. older lady or younger. Um, not too, no. She was maybe maybe in her forties. It's sometimes it's hard to tell. Uh, it was another. It was an Indian gal. Uh, 
Um, her name is uh, Sindhu V. She was at, live at the Apollo, and she was hilarious too. Just talking about she's talking about she's Indian, and her husband's Danish, and she <laughs> was just talking about you know the the intricacies of you know Indian parenting and Danish parenting, and it was hysterical. I love it. Hysterical. Yeah, stand-up comedy is something I've been getting back into uh, as far as just being a viewer. These people are geniuses in their own right. I don't know how they do it. They're phenomenal. Uh, The improv that they have is just on another level. Um, So, yeah, we'll have to find her name out, and we'll give her a shout-out next episode because that's important to us. Um, But I appreciate you guys stopping by. Uh, Who knows, maybe next week we'll talk about Bigfoot. (laughs) Yeah, man, he's out there. Get our brother uh, Brian on. He's a squatcher, I believe, low-key, up in nice. Washington. Squatching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll have an episode on the UFOs. It was in the stimulus deal uh, that they had to release all information on UFOs within 180 days of the coronavirus relief package. So there should be some huge information on uh, unidentified uh, flying yeah. objects. And Didn't something big that. just get released, like some some document? I heard there was like 3,000 pages that got released. Yeah. Um, dating back yeah, to yeah. the 70s, maybe even the You're 50s. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and it mentions the like flying saucers and stuff. Really? <laughs> really? And, uh, yeah. And even like, um, I think it had mentioned like abductions and murders. <laughs> wow. I didn't look into it too deep, but I just saw like a, a breakdown of it, of like bizarre things that have happened that they have documented. Yeah, Brazil apparently had very violent abductions. People were being abducted. Uh, when they were returned, their flesh was falling off from radiation oh. poisoning. Sometimes they would. there was reports of them having no hair. Um, wow. Some of these abductions were, and this was in the 70s, and it resumed uh, in the early 90s again in Brazil. Uh, the government in Brazil apparently released a statement saying that it, it, it indeed was UFOs and they had no idea what it was. They deployed psychologists to this village that this was happening, helicopters, where they allegedly chased these UFOs, and then the UFOs chase them. The uh, predator becomes prey kind of deal. Um, and this is very, very heavily documented. So I'm hoping that's what it's talking about because I've always been very – I've been curious about that case, especially recently. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we we'll might have to read we, up on that one. Yeah, that'll be good. Awesome. Well – Thank you all for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, we will catch you guys next week on the next episode. See you guys. Peace. Peace.